Hi there, ho there. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Cultivate and Keep. Uh, hey, what's that's, up? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, huh? That was a good one. Yeah. I thought of that like at the buzzer, dude. You were like three, two, one. I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, hey there, hey there. Because <laughs> you know, like, what's that from again? It's um, ooh, oh, no, it's shoot. from something. I don't think you want to know. Well, I don't. He wouldn't listen. Okay, my dad <laughs> has this really close friend. That's like oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a super nice guy. No, but, but it's from he did it, he got it from something else. No, he did it like this is like ten years ago. We had like a we used to do like a Christmas open houses at our my parents' house, and uh, this guy comes in the door and him and his wife and they're like super like holiday festive people, you know, <laughs> and the house is packed with people, right? And they open the door and they're like, hey there, hi there, oh there, <laughs> and then the the, gr- the wife was like, mwah, mwah, hello everyone, mwah, mwah. and oh then it was gosh. like the most cheesy, like funny thing <laughs> you would see in a movie, you know, and so my brother David always like makes fun of it. He's always mm. like, hey there, hi there, oh there. Yeah, but now he probably like does it for real because he just, Cause he's, he's like been that. doing it for so long <laughs> that he's just like does it naturally now. Yeah. That's funny. Um, um, I'm up right now, Corey. You so, are up, yes. What's the question of the day, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Xbox or PS4? Oof. I'm still going to go PS4. I got to, really? yeah, I'm going to stay loyal. Nice. Um, <laughs> one, because I don't really know very much about either anymore. Same. But two, uh, I've heard, actually, I don't know what the from prices your, are. From your Twitter friends? <laughs> no, not from my Twitter friends. Um, that the PS4 like online is like, 10 bucks a month or something i heard xbox is like something crazy like 15 or 20 mm-hmm. i have no idea i don't know either. i don't know i feel like some games i like are on ps4 that maybe aren't on xbox but i don't remember which ones so i don't really have a strong argument i was just telling Corey that um this might sound really weird but one of my like <laughs> kind of, i don't want to say goals but like one of my like hopes for the new year is to uh, become a gamer again. That's right. I don't know why. I want to start Wait, playing. To, to game okay, more or be become a gamer? Those are two completely. Because okay. high school Jeremy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a retro gamer. Bro. You were a, I a was retro a gamer. gamer. But since high school, I haven't played like at all. Yeah. So I would like to get back into it. Not obsessive, just, you know, casual gamer, you know. Yeah. Once in a while, throw it on and kick back. Yeah. You know. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to play 2K again. Actually, I was thinking about how. Like, basically, every time we hung out, we would play Dude, 2K. We should play tonight. Oh. Can you stay late and play? Maybe. I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, will you stay play? And you're like, I'll ask. That's funny. He's not joking, though. I'm not. That's yeah. Com- yeah, completely serious. Um, Yeah, I would like to game more, too. Maybe maybe not, like, the beginning of the year, but in our 2019 review, we'll make that. I'm going to make that one of my points, too, just to, like... See, because I used to be a mobile gamer. Mm. I used to have my Clash True. of Clans, Clash Royale. Oh. Uh, that, was that one game, the Tiny Tower? Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> always bring up t- That was like six months <laughs> of really? high school. It was like my junior year, our junior year. Okay. You know, those? There, there were these games where like, um, I'm not sure how they worked, but you would like, uh, I don't know, you'd get like a chest or some kind of like something and you would like, it would say, you would click to open. It would say, come back and in 12 hours to open chest yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Corey's the kind of guy that would set an alarm in the middle of the night <laughs> so he could wake up to open his chest as soon as it was ready and uh, go back to sleep. You got to optimize, bro. You got to get it as dude. soon as, yeah. That's the wow. thing. Whenever, uh, I used to think Clash of Clans because um, there would be like, you know, the, the, the time to wait progressively would get longer over mm-hmm. time. And so at first it'd be like one minute until your upgrade is done. And so you just like check back in in a minute. And then it'd be like, 
five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and then it'd be like seven days. But then like, you don't, if you miss it by a day, that's one day that you didn't have the next upgrade going, which makes a big difference. So you have to set an alarm, of course. You have to set set different alarms for different upgrades. Hmm. Well, I'm over this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's move on quickly before we lose all of our listenership. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So what are we talking about today, Jerry Swag? Ooh, I like that. What, Jerry Swag or just... I do. Okay, cool. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? (laughs) Um, We are talking about fear, Corey. That's right. Fear is good. What is fear? Fear is good. Why is fear good? You know, I was thinking, I feel like the, um, maybe it's just like a lot of the episodes that we did or like the, the stage of life they're in right now. But I feel like the theme for this year could be like, um, uh, what was the thing? Like, simp- um, uh, oh my gosh, now it's, bl- I'm, I'm blanking on it, but it's like, um, simple, not easy. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the things are there, like the formula, like, but it's just hard to do yeah. and like yeah. you don't want to do it. And so it's like um, one of the, th- one of these things I've been thinking about too is like basically we have this natural instinct to like run away from all the things that we're afraid of or that like make us nervous or that we really don't like. And that we're just kind of like uh, makes us make us anxious. But maybe those are the things that we should be doing and maybe fear is a sign that we should do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've never thought of fear that way. To be honest, um, I'll share it in a minute. But I actually I don't know if you never if you know this about me, but I, mm. I have like a I'll share kind of like my testimony with with fear. When I was younger, I was like, what's the word? Uh, like a captive to fear. I was mm. like just stricken with fear. Everything I did like was like decided by like my fear. You know, mm. um, it was like really really bad. Um, so I've never viewed fear as like a motivator or like a you know yeah because kind of where you're going with this is like if if you're debating something if you're considering something in your life and the fear is present then that's good right like go after it you know like don't let fear hold you back is kind of like the direction you want to take this yeah well uh, for sure there's i'm glad you brought that up because for sure i was thinking about it and i forgot to write it down in the notes but there's <coughs> a clear difference between like good fear and mm. bad fear um there's good definitely debt, good debt, bad debt, you know, yeah, exactly. Dude. I mean, there's always two sides to a coin. So, um, for sure there, uh, like this doesn't apply to everything, but I think that, um, I think that's one of the points we want to talk about though, is that a lot of times we get those two things mixed up where we're so used to thinking that everything we are afraid of or everything that all fear is bad. And so we either ignore it or we just like run away from whatever that thing is that, that we're afraid of. Um, and, but there are good things to be, uh, mm-hmm. or there are some good sides to fear. And, the, and there are some uh, things that we naturally should be afraid of. And actually it's, it's good. It's okay that we're afraid of them. We don't have to be, um, I guess, like fearful of our fear of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe we're getting too in the weeds here. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. When, I, when I was like someone that lived by f- or with fear, I was like afraid of my fear. Like like you said, it was kind of one of those things like <laughs> I would fear the next time I would be afraid. You yeah. Know? That makes sense. Yeah. So, like the next time I was like overcome with fear, like I would like mm-hmm. dread that moment, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how old were you when, when this was? A Here's thing? the deal. So I was young. I was like in six, it was like sixth grade to eighth grade. Okay. Um, but I believe 
because I think I think some could easily like view that as oh you're just a little kid you know doing what little kids do. I th- personally believe it was like a spiritual like deeper thing yeah. going on in me. But yeah. Plus, I mean, you weren't that little. I mean, sixth grade is you're older, eleven. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you can think for yourself by that. Well, time. the way it manifested when I start explaining it, you'll, you'll probably be like, uh, you're just being like a little scary, <laughs> okay. a little kid. Well, let's get into it then. Um. So when I was younger, um. So <laughs> your like memory of me in high school when you met me is what. <laughs> Freshman year. <laughs> Give the, everyone a little recap. The very first time I saw you and met you was sixth period in high school, the first day of class. And <laughs> everyone was running in class. I think the bell had already rung. And Mrs. Valles, the computer teacher, had already started talking. And then you just like bust through the door. And given no crap. You're this scrawny, short, little redheaded kid with your Corey, don't say that with that. Listen, bad. with your with your uh white V neck, <sighs> baggy, big basketball yeah, shorts and white vans. Yeah, it was bad. And he just came in, thought you were the coolest. T- like talking to every single Made person, going down the line, <laughs> shaking their hand, like doing your little gangster thug yes, thing you thought yes, you were. Yes. So that that's my my picture of Jeremy. Um and then I came to you. What did I say to you? Um you're like who you you? Look, yeah, yeah, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you look who cool are you in or? my area? Kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. That's funny. Okay. So that memory of me um, is great, by the way. But uh, <laughs> that is how I used to be when I was younger. Like, I used to be, okay, so when I was, like, probably fourth or fifth grade, I was really outgoing, like, loved to talk to everyone, like, kind of just that, like, how you describe me as is how I always was as a little kid. Yeah. When I hit sixth grade, I, like, um, I don't know, I still don't fully understand how it came on, but... Uh, I just like completely like flipped the switch. Like I became very quiet, very uh, like timid and passive. Um, I used to always love like be going to friends' houses, like being out doing stuff, and I like hit this time in my life where I just did not want to leave the house. Like anytime mm. I left the house, anytime I did something that was like out of routine or like not normal, yeah. I would just like struck with like fear and like what could happen if I, you know, whatever, if I leave the house or whatever, you know, and even, even like small things. I remember like going to church with my parents and not wanting to go to the, to to the Sunday service, like Mm. for the kids, like being so afraid to like leave their site. Yeah. And, and, um, that, that was like in like fifth, sixth grade when I came on. And so like that kind of thing you could probably hear and be like, Oh, you were just, you know, a stupid, scared little kid. Uh, that continued like all the way through like eighth grade. Um, it like stopped in eighth grade, but it was like, I would say that, the heaviest time was probably like seventh grade. I mean, at that point, you're like what twelve when you're in seventh grade. Like you're, yeah. you know, you're a bit older. Um, and it was weird because it was, it was like my whole life I was like, you know, making forward progress and like naturally as a person. And then I hit this age where I like just retracted into like into mm. who I was and like backtracked and like you know. And then, um, yeah. like long story short, um, uh, John Yoa was someone that like, really like, kind of helped me through that. And we would constantly pray and talk through things, and it kind of helped me in like eighth grade. It kind of just like stopped and went away. But I, like, I think I've shared in the past, like struggling with with anxiety, and I think like those two things were kind of like linked together. You know, like a lot of the things I felt last year when working through some like anxiety, like was very similar to that fear that I felt when I was like a little kid. Mm. Um, kind of just like paralyzing. Yeah, like, you don't want to do anything, say anything. Yeah, just kind of like want to stay put and exactly. kind of freeze. Kind of keep doing what I know is comfortable, what I know is normal, and I'm not going to touch or do anything that's like it's outside of my routine. Yeah. Was kind of like what I went through. Um yeah, so because of that, like I've never seen fear as like a motivator. I've never right. seen it as like, oh, let me like harness this to like, you know, help me achieve my goals. Like no, when I when I see fear, I I, I naturally want to like crumble away from it, you know. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, actually, I think that that might actually be like a really a really good example because 
all the things that you had like normally been doing all of a sudden became like kind of the scary thing. Mm -hmm. But it also, like you said, you hit a wall, like you weren't growing as a person anymore. And so fear actually held you back from maturing and from like growing and from experiencing things. Uh, And kind of like, I don't know if you like missed out on a lot or on anything, but like the fear was probably an indicator that like things are changing and like you're growing up Mm -hmm. and like things do get scary and there's different dynamics and, uh, but like, again, like just because you're afraid of it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, super interesting. I don't know if I've had like a directly similar, um, experience. There's definitely been times where I felt super like insecure or like nervous about stuff. Um, but also at the same time, I feel like really like weirdly and strangely, I've kind of like been okay with it to some degree. Um, like I remember probably like the, the most like traumatic experience of my life was doing Pop Warner football in seventh grade um, because I was not karate. No, no. Wait, not, did you not tell karate. that story on the podcast? No, I haven't. Where'd you tell that? Um, I told it when we were at the concert together. That's where it was. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready to get it out? No, no, no. I'll, okay. I'll tell it another time. I'll tell it another time. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. This might be it. I was very afraid that Let's day. wait because I want to. Okay. And I want to like build it up. Like we're gonna like you know how we're like advertising for our journal and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be like we're gonna start it's making gonna have our, its own our pitch. page. Exactly. <laughs> so guys, the most incredible story ever of Corey oh, Hayes as a child. Actually, it's so funny, dude. It like, is the best thing ever. When we were at uh, Matt and Taylor's wedding, um, I was saying that with Nick, and Nick was like, "Okay, dude, you have to tell me if this is true." Like Connor Olmstead told me this story. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, it's the most amazing story I've Connor ever heard. just told yeah. I haven't told anyone, Corey, I promise. But oh, I don't n- care, actually. I should now that I think about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hilarious. Um, That's so funny. Anyways, we'll tell that story for another time. We'll, we'll keep you all on the edge of your seats. But I was going to say, the most like traumatic experience in my life was doing Pop Warner football. Um, and I was really afraid because uh, I was one of only two white kids, which doesn't matter but it kind of does matter a little bit it let's, matters. let's let's be real it's not that you know color and race isn't a thing uh it was in kearney mesa which is like traditionally not the um nicest area or the most well-kept area either on a completely new team people i had literally never met before uh and i was also the only one who had never played on an, a tackle football team before so i was like the newest of new kids completely inexperienced um and i had no idea what to expect and i was so afraid but i also like i just did it so it's just like well i want to play football and like that's that's all i know and i've kind of done that uh kind of time again like interviewing for jobs has also been like really scary um playing other sports like basketball i mean playing basketball at foothills there was a time where like like the hour up to practice was like I w- my yeah, mind I was like that. shaking yeah. and sweating you know you're just like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm gonna go through this again today <laughs> for another two hours um so I, I think it's a good maybe i just like developed that muscle a little bit earlier but like doing things that you're uncomfortable of and afraid of i think like really helps you as a person mm-hmm. and yeah. if you if you don't learn to do that early on it can really prevent you from like making a lot of progress and like doing a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
so yeah anyways that, that's kind of the whole direction <clears throat> yeah i think i've mentioned this on, on the podcast before oh yeah we talked about like doing hard things um yeah <laughs> with my high school small group this is kind of a stretch <laughs> but <laughs> we'll stretch it but uh we we haven't done it in a in a while we actually we stopped it because the kids were not responding well oh to yeah, it. yeah but um cory in, in in our high school small group right <laughs> back in the day and, uh, we had 25 plus kids on like a weekly basis in our group and we would do dare night. we called them dare nights but it was like uh if you haven't heard before you know we used to uh all the kids would get, would get together and you'd all get a piece of paper and you'd write on the paper like some type of dare. Now, when I say dare, you, like you think it, it sounds kind of sissy. It sounds like oh, yeah. truth or dare. That's that's weird. Like no, it was like legitimate, like scary dare. Like, like you don't s- want to do these stuff. Things. Like no one wants. Uh, to do them. One of them was like pierce your own ear, or like <laughs> uh, I don't I mean. What's some crazy ones we did? Like I mean, shave your eyebrow, lick the toilet, lick the toilet, uh, run to the canyon, eat this random con- conjunction of you know sauces. I mean, it's like pretty like gnarly, nasty. Yeah. You know, whatever. Knock on the neighbor's door in your underwear. That's, that's like the easier <laughs> one. Yeah, seriously, it's um, like the more lightweight. But so anyway, with my high school small, so okay, we did that. Me and you did that like every night for like years, right? So yeah, we really did. Uh, this last year with the the newer group that I'm leading, uh, we started to do that with the kids, and some of them loved it, some of them didn't. And like long story <laughs> really short, didn't. there's like a few kids that just like completely wimped out, and like one kid like you know crying, like calling his mom to go <laughs> home. And, uh, like I sat him down and talked with him and like, you know, I said, Hey bro, you know, I'm sorry. Like you don't have to play. Like, you know, I'm sorry if I'm making you feel uncomfortable. I kind of gave him that whole talk. But part of my talk was like, man, like I, I get, this is like different. Cause this is like, you know, we're asking you to eat like, you know, mustard and mayonnaise and ketchup and <laughs> relic, you know, nasty stuff mixed together. So it's not like whatever. But my point was, um, like, dude, you know, you, you can't be afraid to do hard things. Like, you know, when things come your way in, in your life that are difficult and scared, like you can't call mom and dad. Like you got to learn to face them. And he was like, yeah, you're yeah. right. So it's kind of like an oorah kind of like little talk with him. But <laughs> again, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's like for me, it's young, applicable. Yeah, it's applicable. And uh, anyway, I thought of that story. Yeah. I mean, you want to build that up. I mean, um, it gets a little like uh, a little like cheesy, but I mean, we think about like every great story and movie and like hero, it's always like like the heroes are made in the scariest situations. Like when everything seems to be against them, when everything seems to be going wrong, when like all odds are against you, that's when like the story reaches the best point. Like that's when the heroes are made. That's when people find their success is after the hard parts, after the scary parts. Um, And it's just kind of like this wall you have to break through a little bit. So again, what we want to talk about in the context of like this idea of like kind of good fear of like when, and maybe we can talk about a little bit like kind of how to recognize it. We have a few points we'll go over like, th- like this is how you kind of know that this is good fear and this is maybe something you should push through instead of like a warning signal because there's definitely things where it's like, um, it's okay to be afraid of things that are like dangerous yeah. or that are sinful or that are, uh, you know, bad or like unnecessary. Um, but in the context of good fear, uh, yeah. So, I mean, so the I think the main point here, maybe we can set up kind of, some of these points you want to talk about, but fear isn't something that must be avoided at all costs. Right. I think you have to get around this idea that like you live your life, like weaving and avoiding and, ev- and evading every point of like scary and uncomfortable thing. Like you have to learn to go through those things. And then the good news is that they don't become scary or uh, you don't have to be afraid of them anymore. Right. Um, but 
fear isn't always an indicator that you're doing something wrong. Uh, fear could also just be the cost of doing something really meaningful. Um, it's, it could just be like a hurdle, right? On the way to the finish line of something of like, I'm really afraid to take this test. You know, it's like, okay, well, like, this is the reason why you're taking the test, like to finish the course. So like, take the test, right? You're so close. Um, or it could also be like a growing pain, right? To being someone, uh, becoming who you are, who you're supposed to be becoming more genuine, more honest, um, you know, growing or expanding your, your personality. Um, but anyways, the, the whole idea, uh, to set us up here is like fear can also be a sign of a good thing coming. Yeah, like fear is a cost. Yeah. 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 I remember, um, I think like fear, like I think from a young age, like learning to not run from fear, like uh, like learning not to quit. You know, like the older you get, like a lot of things are easy to quit and just to stop and to run from. Hmm. And I remember back when I was, I think in like eighth grade or freshman year, and I was on some like travel, like club, like basketball team. That I just for some reason I hated it. Like the kids were punks, and it was like on oh, like I think we had our games and and practices on like a Sunday morning inside of this church. And for some reason I just like didn't ever want to do it, and I dreaded it. And I remember like begging my dad to like let me quit. He like would not let me quit no matter what. Mm. And I remember at the time like being so angry and frustrated, but like now looking back at it, like I'm really glad like my dad didn't yeah. let me like learn to quit early on, you know? Mm. Um, Cause like fear is something that like, like you said, uh, when looked at the right way can be, can, fear can be good. Fear can be um, something that like, motivates us, but if we like learn early on to run from it, then every time fear like shows its face, we're going to run, we're going to turn around. We're not going to face it, you know? We're yeah. Gonna quit. Yeah. Actually it's funny to say that because going back to my pop Warner experience, uh, in seventh grade, uh, I only played for like three months and then oh, I quit. Yeah, you know that, yeah. Um, like, like basically kind of at the start of the season, we were only like two or three games in, in like an eight game season. Um, uh, I'm actually glad I quit because, it was, they I was like too fast for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, actually I was like the biggest kid on the team. You were a big boy. Corey. I just had no idea what I was doing at all. And also like didn't have any friends and my grades were slipping. I was like falling asleep, uh, in class and on the couch and everywhere else. Uh, but when I played basketball, when I played volleyball, um, and anything else that I like, committed myself to, I always thought back to Pop Warner and how I quit and how it didn't feel good to quit, you know, and like it just didn't feel right. And then I wasn't going to quit again. Like I didn't want to, I knew like even, uh, I remember like my sophomore year, um, when we were playing basketball, it was the longest season because I think we started practicing like open gym in like September, like mm -hmm. right when the school year started. Like August, dude. Yeah. Even like August. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like, you know, five, six days a week you're, you're Until playing like in a March. Yeah. yeah. And then, and that was one of the, I think that was the year that we went to state playoffs mm -hmm. and yeah. So it was literally like, what is that? Like seven, almost eight months. Uh, and I just remember Thomas like, I'm not going to quit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to quit after this season, but I'm not going to quit in the season. Just decided I'm done, but not <laughs> yeah. it's over. no, I checked out a long time ago, but I'm not, but I'm coach, still I'll on the be team. at practice on Monday. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. I'm still going to work hard and I'm still going to show up, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not, I'm gonna not be coming here. back. <laughs> <laughs> nice core. Yeah. But anyways, I, I had that thought in my mind of like, no, I'm not going to quit. Even if it's scary, even if I hate it, I'm still going to go through with it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like we had, what, what we had this title as like fear tells us what to do right and yeah. it's uh that's not how it should be and like with that story it's like er everything you wanted to be done you wanted to quit um but like in this case you told fear like what was going to happen you you were not and i don't know if we'd call that fear like that's probably more of like um 
just not liking what you were doing, right? I, mean, I was afraid, dude. It was, fr- it was fear. Okay. I mean, I because think Brad about what could be a scary man, huh? Yeah. I mean, think about what fear is. It's um. Uh, it's just like it's a it's a feeling of anxiety and a feeling of helplessness yeah. and a feeling of um like uh what's the word I'm looking for like in like you're incapable of something like you're you're not good enough for something like you you can't overcome it um and for sure that's how i felt <laughs> especially in my sophomore year at the end you know playing with guys who were playing their whole life and who were 65 and 100 pounds heavier than me and it's like i don't want to be here this is not where yeah. i belong this i mean sometimes it was literally scary like i don't know yeah. what these guys are going to do to me <laughs> do you remember the stuff they made Sal do? Oh my gosh, dude, it's so bad. <laughs> not, yeah, that was wild. Also, a story for another time. Yeah. Um, but that shout first, out to Sal. Shout out to Sal. That first point you bring up, uh, fear tells us what we have to do, or it can tell us what to do. Um, so I found that this quote uh, is from the War of Art, which is a book actually on my on my reading list. I've heard it's really good. Actually, my boss just recommended it um, the other day. But he says, "Are you paralyzed with fear? That's a good sign. Fear is good." Uh, like self-doubt, fear is an indicator. Fear tells us what we have to do. Remember our rule of thumb. The more scared we are of a work or calling, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. Resistance is experienced as fear. So basically he says the degree of fear equates to the strength of resistance. So therefore, the more we feel, uh, the more fear we feel about a specific thing or enterprise or uh, project, the more certain we can be that the, that thing is important to us into the growth uh, yeah. of our soul. I thought that was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like basically he says, the more that you fear something, like the more you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, imme- oh I immediately gosh. thought of um, like at church when they're like about to give like an altar call and he's like kind of prepping it and setting it up and your heart just starts yeah. pounding and you're like, dang it, like, yes. I need to go. And it's like everything in you is like telling you not to do it. And you, you feel like, you know, that pounding kind of like, you know, those thoughts that go through your head. And it's like, you've heard the pastor say, like, when you fear those feelings, that means, like, all the more you should go forward. And that's that's what came to my mind. Like, that's very similar to what he's saying. Totally. I mean, even something like, um, like, confession and repentance, like, it's it's a scary thing. Like, confessing to someone else, uh, but also just, like, knowing you have to change the way that you live. Uh, you have to own up to things. You have to face yourself mm-hmm. and face God, like... Um, that's for sure a scary process. That's for sure a scary thing. And now that I think about it, I mean, like that's such an important spiritual discipline of like getting over that fear of confessing and repenting. Like mm-hmm. the more you can practice that muscle of just like immediately going back to God and just facing yourself, facing God, um, the better off you're going to be because then you're, it's not going to fester for as long. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. going to go uh, un- undealt with. Yeah, I think another one along those lines that we probably like daily, you know, deal with is uh like confronting someone, you know, whether it's like a spouse or a friend yeah. or someone you're close to, like yeah, like you know, if you're seeing something that's happening going on that you like know you should probably bring up and, and talk about, but you don't really want to, um, that's a huge indicator you probably should, you know, if, if you're feeling like you know your heart pounding or whatever may happen, um, probably means you should. Probably means you should, yeah. Um, do you want to read that next one? Yeah. Start small. Start small. Start small. But you have to read it. Okay, that's fine. I was going to say... Seth Godin, he's a guy, though. Dad, he, that's my guy. I love guy. Seth. Like, if I guy. could be Seth Godin, I would be You know totally when you, cool like, 
read something from someone or you like hear their music and you ha- you don't know what they look like and yeah. then you like picture it in your head. Yeah. And for me, it's <laughs> always the opposite of what I think. Right. But Seth Godin, his appearance like well surpassed. <laughs> like he's so different than I thought he would look like. Really? So, if you don't know Seth Godin, look him up <laughs> right now. What, what did you think he was going to look like? He would have hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's a G. He is a G, dude. That is one of the smartest guys. He's cool. I love that Have you listened to his... Uh, that, uh, Akimbo? Yeah. Yes. I love it's probably my favorite podcast That's to right. be honest. Everyone's like just gold, dude. Yeah, it's I don't know how he does it. And you know, he writes a, a blog post. It's really sometimes only like a couple sentences, but he writes a blog post every day and he has for I think nine years. What's his blog called? It's just uh Seth's dot blog. It's crazy. I mean, that guy has so much discipline and persistence and like creativity just like spewing out of him all the time. Um, why you look it up? This is yeah, this is what it. he says. Uh, he says, "What we need to do is say, what's the smallest, tiniest thing that I can master, and what's the scariest thing I can do in front of the smallest number of people that can teach me how to dance with the fear." Once we get, uh, once we get, once we get good at that, we just realize that it's not that fatal, or it's not fatal at all. Uh, it's not, uh, and it's not intellectually realized. We lived something that was wasn't fatal. Uh, an idea is what's so key because then we can do a little bit more. So basically he says like, Hey, what's the thing, um, that scares you the most? And then what's the smallest thing you can do to conquer that fear? So for example, if you're really scared of, uh, public speaking, for example, it's like, what's something that, uh, that you can talk about reasonably. And then can you grab three of your close friends or family members and give a five minute talk on that thing? And then once you do that, maybe you can make it a 10 minute talk in front of uh, five people. And then once you do that, you can make it a 12 minute talk in front of 12 people uh, or in front of 20 people, right? And it's just like, you start slowly, gradually building up to it. But if you start small, if you start with the minimal um, kind of thing you need to face that fear, then you realize that like, it's not gonna kill you. Yep. It's actually not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then everything after that seems less scary because you just did something uh, that what that was kind of comparable to it, maybe not as big or as scary, but still scary and still kind of a big deal. One thing, as you were reading, that I was thinking about is a lot of things that we fear. I think are like skills that we can develop and we can yeah. Um, like it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be that way? Is what I'm trying to say. You know, like in our mind, it's you know we build it up to be a certain way. Like if we decide we are afraid to do. Let's okay, let's take public speaking, right? Like because that's probably most people can relate to that. If you if you are afraid of public speaking, like that's it. That's all you've like acknowledge about about it is that you're just, you're scared of it. You don't want to do it. But the reality is like it's a skill and mm-hmm. it can be developed in you. You can probably at one point enjoy public speaking, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Um as, anyway, as you were talking, I kind of thought of that. Yeah, and you know what the thing is too like so many people are are scared of facing something or they're scared of doing something. Um and then they just think, well, I can never do that, so I'm never going to. Mm-hmm. But they don't think about like you know they could they look at a pastor or at a um, I don't know a motivational speaker or the, a speaker at a conference uh, who who are speaking in front of thousands of people right and they give deliver a perfect uh, speech you know or talk mm-hmm. and they think I could never do that, but they didn't start there. Yeah, they started at a home or they started uh, online or they started talking to themselves. Uh, and then gradually over time they worked up to that, but, um, you can't just discredit something 
in, in its full kind of uh, manifestation of, you know, the 2000 person conference talk yeah. and, and not give yourself credit for, yeah, I could do a 10 person, five minute talk about something silly, you know, like my dog or like myself or mm-hmm. maybe even just like your life story, like what you've learned in the past year. It's like, no, like you can do those things yeah. and then you can work up to something like that. It's very possible once you see, once you see that path. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, we're talking about fear, but with anything that we like want to start, it's easy to look at it and think like, oh, I can never do that. But I mean, I think like starting small applies to like so many things in our life. Like, no, so like everything, everything. Yeah. So yeah. You, ha- you have to start somewhere. Um, that's one of those things like we hate to hear, you know, like, exactly. Yeah. You Simple, don't not want, easy. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it, but it, I mean, it's really true. And, and there is no avoiding it. Like you, you can't just naturally be the best at everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and to round this out, he says, uh, mental toughness is a skill and like any skill it can be developed so learning how to overcome fear is just like building a new habit so start small and then increase it slowly I thought I mean that's so cool like uh, everything can be broken down into kind of these bite-sized chunks that you can eventually just kind of eat away at and eventually conquer mm-hmm. um, the next point is uh, the I guess like the the point or like the takeaway kind of the saying is um, called run to the roar I've also heard uh, uh, eat your frogs or slay your dragons. Um, eat, eat the frog first. Yes, eat your frog in the morning, slay your dragon in the yes. morning, run to the roar. Um, this lady, Tina uh, Esmaker, she says, when you're thinking about doing something and it feels scary, when it feels like this big lion is waiting at the finish line, he's roaring and he's ferocious and he's going to tear you apart, you should just run towards that line anyway. Run to the roar. Um, and basically the point is... Um, most of the times, again, like we kind of uh, we kind of fail before we even start. Mm-hmm. It's like because, well, yeah, actually, we kind of like uh, cannibalized our own little talk here in, in the last point here. But um, most of the time, we we just like I'm not even going to race because I'm not fast enough, and then you just never even give yourself yeah. the chance to try at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like cool if fear is stopping you completely from doing something, like you've already lost. And, uh, and maybe that fear is not even a big deal. And you realize that it's, it's very doable, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think like, okay. One thing I was super afraid of for a long time, um, was leaving, like leaving Le Bon, leaving my old job. Like I, mm. I had this desire in me for like my whole life. Like I wanted to like have my own business. It was like my just dream, you know? And I, uh, I found a job that I was doing that I enjoyed and that I liked and I was comfortable with. And so my whole, like for a long time, dude, I mean, you probably remember this. We always talked about it. Like I was expressing like discontent being there, but I like had no idea like what to do, you know? And I remember thinking, okay, let's, let's say like an opportunity does come about. Like what if I fail? What if I like cannot do it, you know? And I just think like, so it's been like a full year and a half now that I've been doing the business, my business and it is like it by far the best decision I've ever had made in my life. Like besides yeah. me and Connie and <laughs> and finding Lord Jesus as my yeah, for sure. <laughs> the third best. I was gonna make fun of you for yeah, it if you didn't I say it. it. Don't worry. Um but no, my point is like I was created to do this and if I let my fear and like mm. worry and like running from the roar, if I wouldn't have like, you know, gone towards this, like, could you imagine? Like I would still be where I was, still be discontent, still not like living in this purpose that I have now. And so 
I don't know. I mean, I think like for you, like if you're listening, like, okay, what is it for you? Is there something that you feel like, man, like this one thing, like I, I really want to try it, but I just, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't, I can't imagine trying or I can't imagine failing. Hmm. Like go try it, you know, you know, figure it out, you know, just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things we do a lot is we sort of like self edit and, um, and we basically say like, how, how do I think this is going to play out for me? And if I don't like how I think it's going to go, then I'm not going to do it at all. Um, but like he says, your job is not to tell yourself no. It's not your job uh, to reject yourself or degrade yourself or to debate the value or worthiness of your ideas. Your job is to create. Your job is to share. Your, your job is to overcome the, your, your fear and run the race. Your job is mm-hmm. to basically, your job is to do. Or your, your job is to try. Um, because re- really, again, like, the reality is there's probably not a, there's probably never a line at the end of the finish line or there's not anything waiting to just devour you or destroy you or like, what's the worst that can happen? I was just going to say that. that Let's take public speaking. Yeah. Because everyone's afraid of that. What is the worst thing that can happen? People make fun of you. You get laughed at. You stutter, which I do a lot. (laughs) You... You don't finish and you walk off the stage. You run off stage crying. I don't know. You throw up because you're scared. What yeah. I don't know. Like, but even that, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that'd be really humiliating. But then you're still okay. You still survive. You're yeah. still there. You know. I exactly. Know. I mean, I think it's important to think about that. Like, what is the worst that could happen? Yeah, and um, again, and like, I guess. Sorry to interrupt, but um, just thinking like, let's say the worst happens. I, I don't know. I, mean, I think about. Because you think about something like public speaking, like, is there, like, okay, if you're thinking about something that, like, uh, let's see, okay, if, if I don't do this, am I passing up, like, a reward? Am I passing up some kind of, like, gain? And I think public speaking, like, I don't know what kind of gain that could give you, depending on what it is. But, like, let's take something that, like, I don't know. Uh, okay, starting this business. You you start this new, or you pursue this new dream you have, this new idea, this new creative, whatever. Like, if you don't do that, you know, you could be passing up a lot, you know, happiness, freedom, money, mm-hmm. uh, fulfillment, whatever. And so you think about, okay, is my fear, like, is, is, let's say my worst fear, like, you know, was realized and it happened. Like, okay, let's say I that happened, but you still achieved your goal. Like, is it worth it? Is, is facing your biggest fear, like, worth the reward, I guess, is what, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think you, you'll probably answer, yeah, I mean, you know, like let's say you got up and spoke in front of a thousand people, but that gives you the recognition you need to, you know, launch a new idea. Let's say you get up there and you run off stage crying, but everyone still loves your loves your pitch, whatever, and you, you know, <laughs> you meet your goal, right? It's probably right. worth it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. That made sense, but no, I think um like usually what we find is uh the the reward for like overcoming that fear and like doing the thing that scares us is usually far greater than the cost yeah. of failing or the cost of like not doing well, something. Yeah. So like, um, sure. It sucks that like you, uh, maybe you ran off stage crying, but it's not that bad. And then maybe that, or like, it's not that bad, but if you never did it and you never tried, and let's say that maybe you actually, you did, uh, like nail it and actually absolutely deliver it. That could be a really life changing event. Right. So like, don't just cross that off of like, Oh, I'm never going to try that. In fact, I was actually just thinking while you were talking, um, about my, when I landed my job with Barometrics, um, I was sort of thinking like, I am underqualified. There's probably tons other people who would want this job who are, uh, far better equipped and well-versed, uh, to get this job. Um, 
And I remember thinking like, maybe I won't apply or like, yeah, it's not for me. Like there's, there'd been a bunch of jobs that I had seen and kind of passed up. Um, and then, and then I was also thinking like, oh, well, I actually also, then I'd have to interview with Josh and I'd be really scared to interview with Josh because I would be afraid to make a fool of myself or have him ask me a question that I didn't know, or maybe they would make me feel dumb. Like, uh, like maybe I hadn't really accomplished anything or wasn't actually very good at my job. Um, and I almost didn't apply and I almost didn't actually, I remember, uh, the, how it went was I saw the application. I got super excited about it, had tons of ideas. And then I thought, um, I'm not going to apply, but I thought I have all these ideas. I might as well just send it to him anyways. So I sent him this big, long email of all these ideas, like, Hey, whoever you hire, here's just, here's my two cents. Basically I take or leave it. I know it's a lot, but just putting it on the table. And then he was like, are you sure you don't want to apply? And I was like, I think it will apply actually. And then I applied right then. He replied back and said, uh, Hey, I saw you, you applied really excited to talk with you and uh, I'll be reaching out soon to schedule something. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost yeah. just didn't do that. And the thing about now, like I couldn't even imagine not getting that job. Uh, cause I see, feel super lucky about it now, but, yeah. um, that's, yeah, that's a really cool story. Again, like it's not your job to say like, no, I'm not qualified for it or mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or something's going to go wrong. Yeah. You just have to go for it. Number four. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Who's going to break first? I love just looking at you. <laughs> so who, I lost that one. Huh? Yeah, I won for sure. All right. Well, I'm not reading it, so. <laughs> well, what what is, what is the point? And then I'll read the quote. Yes. Now is as good as a time as any. Yeah. Hugh Laurie, uh, the guy from uh, House, he says, it's a terrible thing, I think, in life to wait until you're ready. I have this feeling now that actually no one is ever ready to do anything. There's almost no such thing as ready. There is only now. And you may as well do it now. I mean, I say that confidently as if I'm about to go bungee jumping or something. I'm not. I'm not a crazed risk taker, but I do think that, generally speaking, now is as good as time as any. Okay. In my life recently, two like massively big things that I did not feel yeah. ready for, but like massively like the best things I've ever done in my life besides knowing the Lord, (laughs) uh, getting married and like starting the business, dude. Like those two things have like within the last year have been so good for like me. Um, but I didn't feel ready for any of them. Like I felt like, like I could have prepared a lot longer before I did those things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so totally. I mean, with with, uh, did I mention the course in this episode or Mm -hmm. the last last one? Okay. The last one. So I'm working on this course. Uh, the course literally is not ready, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm pre I'm selling pre-orders for it. Um, also I, I did not, and I may not, but I definitely did not think that I was going to launch it in time. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going for it. I'm just yeah. doing it right. Like now is as good as time as any to just like start it and to, and to mm-hmm. do it and to go for it. Um, and you know, it's like one of the notes we wrote down was like, it's never going to feel like the right time. And I feel like that's one of those things that you hear and that you know, and that you probably like also tell other people, but that you rarely practice and like that you rarely like actually live out because again, it, it'd be one of those things where like you always want to feel like you're ready and you, you always want to feel like I just need this one more thing or I just need to give it a little bit more time or I want to be a little further along. I want to have a little bit more money saved up and it's almost, I mean, it's never that way. Um, like literally ever. I don't know if there's a single thing where it's like, I feel, I feel like if you're like ready, you're like too late. 
You know what I mean? Like you, you, you've probably wasted some time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just bought a house, and <laughs> I've been saying this whole time, I'm like, Connie, like, we're not ready yet. I don't feel ready, blah, blah, Sure enough, like, it's it's, it's worked, you know, and it's been, yeah. uh, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean, like, you know, there are some stressful, you know, days and nights, but, uh, you know, one thing someone, it was uh, Jenny Steckler said to me, and we actually were talking about, like, business during this conversation, but she basically said, like, look, like, if there's something, something that you want bad enough and you want to do it, like the reality is like you will find, like, and you, let's say you start doing nothing, like you will find a way to like make it work. You know, there's going to be oh, like, yeah. a fire lit under you to where you have to make it work, you know? And for you with that, okay, that online course, like you, you're saying that like, I think that was on your goals for the beginning of the year. Like you, you know, you knew you wanted to do a course this year. Like you had the idea probably like, you know, oh, yeah. early mid year. And you were saying like, dude, it's already November and I haven't even started yet. Like crap, I need to get going. Right. And so you just said, you know what? I'm going to jump and see where <laughs> I land. Like, you know, I, like, I need to, I need to set a deadline and just start doing it. And so you put it out there and sure enough, like it's working. But now there's like a fire under you, right? Because you've taken people's money. Like you've, yeah. you've started going, you've, you know, there's I no put it going on Twitter. Back. I literally said, there's I'm no going, going to launch this on December 2nd. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm going to pay these people a hundred dollars yeah. each. So you have to do it. Um, so I think sometimes like, if I could do that to do it. Sometimes like that's just what it takes. Like you gotta, you know, just jump and see where you land. And I, I yeah. was gonna add, like, please, like, take that with um, like context. Don't, yes. you know, Corey and Jeremy said, I just gotta jump. Don't be no, careless. Yeah, come on, like, think about it, and you know, uh, make make an educated decision. Don't just like, oh, I'm gonna figure this out. It's like, oh, you know, come on, like, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean don't prepare. Yeah. It just means that uh, most of the time we act too late yeah. and you can act er- earlier than you think that you can. I came across this quote twice in the last week. I think it's a. Uh, Success is when prepar- preparation meets opportunity. I mm. think it's, it thinks what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And the opportunity comes and goes. Mm-hmm. There's a shelf life. Shelf life, yeah. Which we talked about. Yes. I don't know what episode that was, but it's a few ones. Back there. Yeah, a couple months back. Um, I really like this too. Uh, it says, nobody's going to tap you, nominate you, appoint you, or choose you and say, now it, it's the time to start. Right? Like You have to choose that time, and you have to give yourself that permission to go ahead and start and to do it and to, to go ahead, even if you don't feel ready, but like no one's going to do that for you. You know, like no one is there watching you. And now it's just like, Hey dude, you should really go do that thing. Like almost never. Mm-hmm. It's all up to you. And again, we usually have a pretty bad judgment of when we are ready or not. So now is as good as time as any. I'm glad you said that. It's all up to you. One thing I've been thinking through like recently in my life is, um, I used to think there was like a blueprint to follow. Like, um, I don't know. For me, from a young age, I've wanted to be. I've wanted to like to to experience success. Like, I've wanted to accomplish much and to be successful. And I remember always kind of thinking, okay, you know, who are the people in my life that I admire? Who has done it well that I want to follow? And so, like, you know, I think of people like my dad and you know people that I that I just admire. And I kind of thought, okay, well, I will follow like what they did, or I'll do, you know, like. I'll ask them questions and just basically follow the kind of the rule book. I've just been realizing like it's not really how it works. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you we can learn from people, but like it is up, it's up to me, it's up to you. Like it's up to like what we as people decide to do and it's our decisions and um I think like everyone's life and like in their context is like a bit unique and a bit different. And I mean it really is up to you. And I think if you're waiting for the perfect opportunity or like the perfect plan to follow, like it just it doesn't work that way. You know, mm-hmm. like um we, we can learn from people's mistakes and learn from what they did right. But at the end of the day, your life is unique. And I think just what you decide to do, like it's, it's up to you. Yeah. 
it's up to you. And um, I don't know. I think that's um, it seems it seems like a basic thing to say, but it's been like a newer like uh, real realization for me. I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm realizing now that there was probably tons of opportunity for us to talk about all sorts of verses and scriptures about fear. Um, so maybe that can be the homework for the audience and for the listeners to go look some up. Opportunity has a shelf life, Corey, and we missed that one. Oh, we did miss that one. Dang it. My bad, guys. Um, but Well, this was this was inspired, you should say. This was inspired by an article that we came across Yeah. Um, that was not, like, Christian-based. So. No. But also, I mean, I'm just thinking, too, like, there's so many good stuff in the Bible about fear. Um, and I don't know if we really talk about it that much, you know, if like overcoming fear. Um, you know, I think feel like we do, but we use other words, you know, we don't specifically yeah. say fear, but we talk about, you know, opportunity and like anxiety. We've talked about those types of stress, things. worry, mm-hmm. um, there are all sorts of different, yeah, like synonyms for it. Um, but yeah, I like that. And I think again, like, I mean, distinguish between, good and bad fear. Um, but also realize that fear is, can be the sign that you should do something and go for it, you know? And so if we were to sum it up, right. I mean, fear can again, tell you what to do, start small, um, run towards it, just tackle it, just, just go for it and do it now. Like, don't wait. You, you, you can do things, uh, or you're, you're more pre- prepared than you probably think that you are. And, uh, you don't have to be quote unquote ready. Yeah. You can just go for it. Mm-hmm. Big time. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That's the, a new thing. Yeah, that'll be our new, uh, our new, our new outro. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening once again. We'd love to hear your thoughts, questions. Um, hope you're having a wonderful December. Don't forget to go to cultivatingkeep.com slash merch slash journal slash community. We are working on those slow and steady. We'll have some updates for you all shortly, and we will talk to you in the next one. Peace.